0: Here's a message from Ken Lavica. There is only one thing the Dolphins could have been accused of that would have completely blown up Tom Brady's retirement day, and they did it. Legends Stone the Bannowitz hit the open. On your mark, get set, go.
1: You are listening to Ken Lavica Live,
2: presented by FAU MBA and Sport
3: Management Programs. Turn it up. Turn it up!
1: From the Anajar and Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 1063.
0: Well, this is a new one. The allegation that the owner of an NFL franchise, was going to pay his coach extra to lose. You could have asked me for a list of 100 things yesterday the Dolphins were going to be accused of, and that would not have been one of the things that I brought up in 100 different guesses. Oh, this is thick. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3 with Jeanette Javier. She joins us Wednesday. She is here. She is in the flesh. And this is going to be a weird one on ESPN 106.3. Coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers. Right off of the, thank God, increasingly warm, intracoastal Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He's running things. Uh, So, I don't mean for this to come off as callous or insensitive, but when we're talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit, Jeanette, we already know that the league is broken when it comes to hiring in a diverse way. Of course. Diversity is broken. The fact that there's one, uh, one black head coach of 32 in the NFL, mm-hmm. it, it's proof. Mm -hmm. that the the system is broken. That is why, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but that is why I think the, the biggest focus, the most fascinating element of yesterday's lawsuit that Brian Dable filed against the NFL and against the Giants and the Broncos and the Dolphins is not the discussion about lack of diversity and sham interviews when it comes to people of color in the NFL. It's more that Stephen Ross owner of the Dolphins told Brian Flores he would pay him $100,000 per loss in the 2019 season. That, to me, is what needs to be focused on. Because we know the other side's broken. Mm-hmm. This thing seems big, right? It seems big and dark, and even if you're not a sports fan, you hear NFL owner offers coach money to lose, no matter the amount. Like That's, that's a little sketchy, right?
3: It's very shady, and it's not okay when you have the owner with the GM Top down, telling you, I'm going to give you a significant amount of money. You can make half a mil easily with your losses.
0: Yeah, it's you know what take. that it's it's called it's it's called I mean game fixing. That's fixing. That's that's illegal. People have gone to to jail for a significant amount of time for that. Uh, here's Brian Flores today, and he's made the rounds on national television, CBS this morning. Uh, he was on CNN because this is a legitimate news story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so he was on CNN and then he was on get up and I thought Mike Greenberg of all th- and this is probably not a surprise but of all three outlets Mike Greenberg did the best of of getting some of the intricacies and some of the the, the greater details the more minute details out of Brian Flores but this was Mike Greenberg asking Brian Flores about the claim in the lawsuit, the allegation that Stephen Ross had offered $100,000 per loss in the 2019 season in order to help the Dolphins draft position. to you quickly on that, though. I want to make sure I'm perfectly clear on what he was suggesting. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You were working too hard. You were, you were doing too much in the effort to win. He was trying to get you to do a little bit less and said, I'll give you $100,000 for every game exactly you
4: Exactly that. Um, that's just not in my DNA. That was never gonna happen. Um, so what did you say to him? Uh, that's never gonna happen. Um, I didn't come here. Like I'm always gonna try to win. That's just, that's, that's who I am. Um, and I owe that to the players in the locker room, but also the support staff that's, that's in the building um, who work extremely hard. If you've been in an NFL building, everyone in that his job is important. And they all, everyone works hard to try to get on the same page and move in the same direction. Um, and I felt like we were building that type of culture. So, too, um, I would never do that to, to them. You know? And, if, and at, at the end of the day, I think it was the reason why uh, I'm no longer there.
0: Now, I don't know any coach at any level of sports that gives a damn about competition. You don't get to that level unless you really give a damn account about competition. You've made it to that point because you've shown an acumen for winning and wanting to win and doing anything to win. It's very tough to find anybody who could be compromised at that level, at the professional level, in any sport, Mm -hmm. in the world, let alone in the NFL, that would say, you know what, maybe I'll think about it.
3: Nobody is a head coach without having that level of intensity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and integrity for that matter. Like They'll cheat like Bill Belichick and deflate footballs and spy and things like that, but they're doing that to win. They're not going to purposely lose. Now, just a refresher. The Dolphins won five games in 2019. Won games that they had no business winning. Uh, they they lost in week 13 to the Bengals, which pretty much ensured that they weren't going to get the number one overall pick. And Joe Burrow was well on his way to Cincinnati then. Uh, so, just... just To refresh that part of everybody's memory, that was the season that Brian Flores is talking about when Stephen Ross floated the idea of $100,000 per loss. Uh, It is very sketchy. It is possibly illegal. This allegation is extremely, extremely serious. Okay? Now, I wanted to be clear, Jeanette. If I was a head coach in the NFL and I got offered $100,000 per loss, I'd be punting on first down. I would be (laughs) attempting... 82 yard field goals I would use up all of my timeouts without within 90 seconds of both halves like I would go for it okay but you want to know why because I'm sketchy
3: Yes, I was just saying you as yeah. a head coach already making millions. Yeah. yeah, why you don't have as great of a character as Brian Flores after that saying me?
0: I have terrible character. You,
3: you don't care about the people, the support uh-uh. system. You don't care about the boys in the uh-uh. locker room. No,
0: no, 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 no. It's all about me. Yeah, it's all about obviously. me. Obviously, Stone, I would be all in on the tank. Uh, give show me money, and that direct deposit better be hitting by 10 a.m. money Oh, I love it. Yeah. It makes you think a lot about Adam
5: Gase. I saw a few tweets floating around the other day about Adam Gase and if he was offered the same deal with the Dolphins because, you know, how bad he was and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. I, I thought it was I, awesome.
0: But I don't think that the Jets then followed up uh, with $100,000 <laughs> per loss. He did, he did all of that himself. But that's, that, that speaks to this. Why did the Dolphins, and I was all in on them being terrible and getting the number one pick in 2019, but they couldn't even tank correctly. But part of the reason they couldn't tank correctly is because they went and fired Adam Gase. To bring in Brian Flores, a Belichick guy who is not going to be talked into losing. He was going to be the ultimate find-a-way. X's and O's grind away to a he win. He was
3: under Bill Belichick. Yeah. He has that system in him. you think he would have been like, oh, yeah, $100,000. $100,000 per game was probably nothing to him at that yeah. point.
0: And then if they started losing too much, he would just send a, a camera crew to opposing teams' press boxes to film them warming up. Like That's that's what Bill Belichick would do. Start deflating balls. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but also, then you went out and you signed the, the ultimate uh hard nosed, find a way to pull wins out of his ass, quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why would they do that? They they wanted to tank, but their offseason was the worst job imaginable they could have done when trying to tank. So much so that it led to Stephen Ross having to float the idea. They should have acquired Josh Rosen, which they did, and played him all season long with Adam Coaches, the head coach. Forget Fitzpatrick, forget Brian Flores. If the Dolphins, if Stephen Ross really knew what he was doing as an owner, that's the route they would have taken. So that just shows the ineptitude of the Dolphins, is that they wanted to tank, and they couldn't even set up the tank correctly, let alone execute it. That's the worst part about this whole thing. That's what drives me more insane about the entire thing. But think about Stephen Ross's ownership, okay? I started covering the Dolphins in 2008 when Wayne Huizenga sold the team to Stephen Ross and made him the majority owner of the franchise. And what followed from there was... The celebrity orange carpet. He tried to make the Dolphins South Beach and Hollywood. And that's when Mark Anthony showed up. And Jennifer Lopez and Serena Williams and all of these celebrities. And they would walk an orange carpet. And they became minority owners. Gloria Uh, Stefan, Gloria Stefan, And they would do photo shoots. And they would uh, be in the suites at Dolphins games. And so that turned off some fans. I was fine with it. Whatever. He's trumping up publicity for the the Dolphins. That's fine.
3: Can we also make note of one thing that South Beach is about an hour away from the from Dolphin Stadium? By the way, I have to
0: drive down to South Beach Friday to go get my my bib and all that stuff for uh, the marathon, the Miami Marathon on Sunday, Uh and I'm just dreading, dreading going all the way down to South Beach just to get that, only to come back on a Friday afternoon. That's going to be miserable.
3: I wish you the best of luck.
0: Bright line. I feel you. I'm taking you. I was just about to say, why, yeah. why don't you take the bright line? Take the bright line. Take that lift over to the Miami Beach Convention Center. Come back in on the train. Boom. Job done. Uh, but then it was the Tony Sperano, Jim Harbaugh flirtation. <laughs> and Stephen Ross wanted Jim Harbaugh. And I don't blame him for wanting Jim Harbaugh. But then it was the awkward press conference and being forced to extend Tony Sperano when that all fell apart. and. The the loss of trust that Tony Sperano had in the owner, and that was that was the most awkward press conference I've ever been to in my entire life. With those three, those three Tony Sperano, Stephen Ross, Jeff Ireland sitting next to one another, neither and none of them wanting to make eye contact, none of them wanting to be there, and they're right there next to one another. That was a bad look on the Dolphins. That was a bad look. Uh, was the the uh, the thought right? Yeah, sure. Was the execution there? Absolutely not. So then, then there's Bullygate. And there's Richie Incognito, and uh, there is the allegations that uh, that that Richie Incognito forcing uh, a specific teammate into a depression because he wouldn't stop bullying him, and that was completely mishandled. And that was a big reason why Joe Philbin eventually lost any sort of relevance in that locker room and eventually had to be let go. So then Adam Gase comes in. And that's just—it started okay, and then was an increasing disaster. It was a bad hire from the start. Goodbye, Adam Gase. Then, then Brian Flores comes in. Brian Flores, who was—is a good hire. He's still a good hire. Mm-hmm. Good coach. Good coach. But constant turnover in his coaching staff. Uh, a, a an assistant coach who's dating a stripper who's doing coke in the office, in Davy, off of his desk and recording it and sending it to said stripper girlfriend. Uh, Brian Flores, who is firing offensive line coaches a week in a training camp off of, quote, feel, and then unceremoniously dumping Brian Flores, leading to Brian Flores revealing that Stephen Ross has uh, had tried to incentivize him $100,000 for a loss. Or four losses during the 2019 season. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of embarrassment. That's a lot of bad in the tenure of Stephen Ross. That's a telenovela. Owner. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, not to mention, since he became majority owner, count him one playoff appearance, one. Wow. One playoff appearance. I guess you could count the 2008 team that won the AFC East. He was a 51% majority owner at that point. Since he took full, full control, it's been one playoff appearance for the Dolphins. That's all you have to show for all of the drama that's taken place. Not to mention naming the stadium Landshark Stadium and then the awkward Jimmy Buffett concert that came on the day of the stadium naming, which was the weirdest Dolphins thing I've ever covered in my entire career. That was bizarre. He's done good things, though. I mean, Hard Rock Stadium, Jeanette, that's a great venue, right? It's awesome. I mean, he put up a lot of his own money. To make those improvements, it's beautiful. It's made Miami a sports hub once again. Super Bowl, College Football National Championship, an F1 race is headed there. It's the center of entertainment in South Florida. He's done good things, and he's competitive, and he wants to win. I respect Steven Ross for that. But God, ineptitude follows him as an owner. I think some of it's unlucky, but at this point, there's so much of it. Some of it has to be self-inflicted, right?
3: There seemed to be a trend with everything that you mentioned with what has happened with the Dolphins organization. It all seems to be about him. It all seems to be about what he's done and his decisions and where he's putting his money towards and how he feels about it. Like, Mm. obviously, he doesn't know how to run the thing properly.
0: And it's so weird because he is, his real estate company is ultra successful. Full disclosure, he owns the building we're in right now. He owns the building we're going to be moving to in several months in downtown West Palm Beach. He's all over. He is a billionaire in every sense of the word. He's a real estate magnate in every sense of the word. But that has not crossed over into running an NFL team, whether it's who he has in his front office, his loyalty to certain people, whether it be Jeff Ireland or now Chris Greer. Uh, He was a little bit too involved in football when he first took over as owner and finally realized, yeah, I actually don't know anything, and I'll leave it to people that know football, except they don't really appear to know football. It's problematic. No big signings have really worked out. They've only been to one playoff game, but he he does care. It's not like he's off in the distance and he visits the stadium once a year and then goes back to Europe and hangs out. No, 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 no. He is fully invested in the Dolphins, and he wants to win, and he's competitive, but he doesn't know how to get there, and he's brought on more or overseen more embarrassment than he has success. And I'm sure it drives him crazy, but I think it drives fans crazier.
3: He's not had a successful career as a Dolphins owner at all, I would say.
0: You'd say it's been a failure? Yeah. Uh, would you use the F word? Or both of them?
3: Yeah, I would, in this case. <laughs> Think about what you just said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, can, you can apply two F words to his mm, failure. Mm, yes. Failure, yes. Yes. Um, how would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? I would say headache-inducing. And here's why for me. I am a defender. Of Steven Ross. Again, I like that he cares. And he's invested. And he's spent the money. And he's made the money available. And he's gone for it. He's gone for it. He's wanted to make a splash in free agency. He has said, hey, Mike Tannenbaum, go get Indomitian Sue. Go get Mike Wallace. Bring these guys in. You know what, Ocho Cinco? Maybe you have something for us. Excellent. But none of it has worked out. None of it. None of it. And... I don't know why, though. I don't know why he's so unlucky. But I do know that it has been over a decade now, and we're still having embarrassing, like, main news cycle stories come out about the Dolphins. These aren't small, minor things. We have an allegation that Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores $100,000 per game to lose.
3: I don't think that he's unlucky. I think he's just bad.
0: He could be bad. But, th- but I'm torn, because you can be bad, but also really care. And there's a lot of owners that get lucky, and they don't care, and this is just a toy to them, owning a team. And they stand back and eh, whatever. No, Stephen Ross is invested in this damn thing Absolutely. so much
3: that he's willing to pay for them to lose.
0: Yes, to get the number one pick. And you know what? Me, deep down, meatball me, I'm like, ah, you know what? Stephen Ross really meant it when he wanted that number one pick. Good for him. But also, I have one little single shred of integrity that lives behind my left kidney, and that uh, that's the part that's that. You just can't do that. So
3: I'm on the integrity part here. Yeah, which is shocking. (laughs) Javier on the integrity side is is stunning. Because why would you bring somebody in like Brian Flores if you don't want to win?
0: Right, right. That was dumb. Now, actually, let me read you uh, this, this Evan Cohen text. And by the way, eleven fifty five, five fifty every day here on uh, ESPN 1063. But this Evan text is perfect, and it's exactly what you just insinuated. Let's find a man of principle who came from nothing, made himself into something, who spent a decade with a team that tried to go 16-0 and every year and give him a quarterback that's the ultimate gamer and then try to pay him to lose and ask him to illegally try to steal a quarterback from his old team. Yep, that sums up the idiocy of what happened in 2019 because the other part of this is that Stephen Ross tricked Brian Flores into coming to a yacht for lunch because he knew that what appears to be Tom Brady was going to be there and he wanted Brian Flores to tamper with Tom Brady and talk him into coming to the Dolphins because they knew free agency was coming up. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's bad execution, it's clunky, it's incompetent, but Stephen Ross gives a damn.
5: He gives a damn. If you put it like that, it really puts it into perspective. And, and and I this is all joking, but I mean Flores is really not the guy to play with. This is really not the guy to do it with the Patriot way. You gotta think maybe hit, no, Bill, Bill, maybe yeah. hit Bill Belichick up, like, hey, let's blow this thing up. Tom Brady, you go ahead and retire. Me and Bill are gonna drop these text messages. Let's shake the room.
0: Yeah. But it's 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 headache inducing because I want to defend Stephen Ross. Because I believe he wants to win. But also, bro, you gotta do something right at some point. <laughs> like something, anything. And it's not just it's not just controversy. The Dolphins, when they get into controversy, it's doing coke off a table. It's Richie Incognito bullying teammates to the point of leaving the team. It's national news! It's offering your coach $100,000 allegedly to lose! Which I think is the
5: biggest thing to ha- Like. A decade. This is this is monumental. This oh, is
0: I, I mean, the insinuation, if it's true, if there's indeed a paper trail, we'll talk about that because I'm not so sure, but this is like Black Sox, 1919 Black Sox scandal. I was going to ask, when
5: was the last time you remember an owner being legitimately banned yeah. from their but, league?
0: Except it's not It's not gamblers that have gotten to a player. It's not the Arizona State scandal. It's the
3: owner of the it's team. the owner. And I'm so shocked hearing about this and how you guys just keep continuing on the comparison and this, this, and that. How you're still defending the man.
0: It, <laughs> because there's so many owners that don't care. That don't care. That don't go for it. Stephen Ross is going for it. He's trying to be forceful. But you know what the problem is? In real estate, you can strong arm a lot of people. And you can make people do what you want. He's
3: not a good owner. But he
0: tries to run the dolphins like a real estate magnet. You can't do that. And that's the problem. Is somebody going to expose Jerry? Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones? Jerry, oh, Jerry Jones. Jones, infallible. He can't. He, there's no way. He runs all the owners. He could. Jerry Jones could murder a man in his office, and the owners are going to line up and say, oh, "I was self defense." He's fine. He's fine. fine. Everything's good. Everything's good. And Jerry Jones <laughs> is going to say, "I believe in Dak." How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? Yes, there's a big conversation to be had about the lack of diversity in the coaching ranks in the NFL, and it's legitimate, and it's meaningful, and it is a problem. That is fact. But. Here with Stephen Ross, with the Dolphins in South Florida, the bigger discussion is an owner of the the Proud Dolphins, according to Brian Flores, offered him money to lose. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? Scott is in Jupiter. Scott's on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Scott?
6: Hey, Ken, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, um, you know, you opened the show with a comment about the warmth down by the uh, Intercoastal there by Phillips Point.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
6: thing that's always confused me as a, as a lifelong Dolphin fan is, one, we can't get free agents to come down here to save our lives, which I don't understand because we all talk about it being paradise, but yet we can't get any uh, – players to come down here that's that's my first point and secondly you know it takes more than one person to commit conspiracy and the idea that an offensive coordinator a defensive coordinator a special teams coordinator all these guys that work for the head coach mm-hmm. flores you're going to tell me that he had the power to manipulate right. and tell every one of those coaches that they're going to throw a game. To get a draft pick. Yep. I just, I find that hard to be, that's not conceivable to me. And
0: this is where, th- this, this is why uh, on CNN today, Brian Flores' lawyer said they had tangible proof of the request to lose with $100,000 on the line per loss. And, and on okay. Get Up with Mike Greenberg, uh, Brian Flores said, and this is this is me paraphrasing. He said, "Go take a flight. Go take a vacation. Hundred thousand dollars per loss. Like adding that part. Like, oh, go take a flight. Go take a vacation. That almost suggests to me that Stephen Ross was like lighthearted joking about the entire thing. But that also speaks to why even go to that place with your new head coach that you know is a no-nonsense." Patriots guy, things could be misconstrued. I know you want to be buddy buddy, but as the owner of a team, I get joking, and it's fine. But that's such a stupid thing to joke about, and now it's coming back to bite him in the ass.
6: Yeah, and all the other coaches. What's your thought? How many? How many coaches are on a on a? Professional NFL coaching squad team, whatever you want to call it. How many coaches are there on Oh, average?
0: God. We're probably talking, what, 14, Stone? I was going to say 15, Yeah, 14, 18. 15 coaches and an assistant coaching staff depends on the team, depends on the amount of assistance. But yeah, it's a significant amount that it would almost be impossible to permeate that entire coaching staff in the latch. This isn't like Major League. Yeah. Yeah. No, right, I right. And, and I agree okay. with you. I'm with you, Scott, and that's why it's it's almost impossible to to tank, the way to tank in the NFL is to have the worst roster possible. The Dolphins did have the worst roster possible except they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why would they do that if they truly wanted to lose every single game? They wanted to lose every game. Why did they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick? To keep the fans. I mean, the fans no, don't. Who you can, can, no. You can still keep the fans you know brought, the, the You know what it brought the fans back? Joe Burrow. But Joe think- Burrow would have brought the fans back.
3: If you're paying to lose games, why would you bring Ryan Fitzpatrick? Why would you bring Brian Flores?
5: Yeah. No doubt. You would
3: bring more fans to the point. Show me Josh Rosen. Yeah,
0: like show me Josh Rosen that year.
5: We got to rank the conspiracies because now I'm behind the yours that you mentioned that he might have been joking. Now well, no, obviously I think he no. was joking. No,
3: I don't think so. At really? All. I
5: mean, I don't think he was either. Like Brian Flores obviously brought this to the no. table because there's some truth to it, but at the same time, I'm sure those are comments owners make all of the time. Like Jaguars,
0: my Dolphins,
5: like all so, the uh, teams. So
0: that's another thing. How many times because Hugh Jackson with the Browns right. is alleging as well that there was money to be made off of Brown's losses when he was there. He was part of an 0-16 season. How often would something like this happen?
3: Why would you go after the NFL in the class action lawsuit if you think it was based off of a joke?
0: Because you're frustrated with the entire hiring process, and that's just another element to put into the lawsuit to raise questions about how you were treated. I'm not saying that no. Brian Flores is coming off as vindictive, what I'm saying is that if, you're, if you were unfairly fired, you believe you were unfairly fired, and I think a majority of NFL people would say Brian Flores was unfairly fired. Agreed. And you feel like you've been done wrong in the next hiring process where you've been labeled the best coaching candidate available and you're going to file a class action lawsuit. Why wouldn't you include, oh yeah, by the way, offhand or not, in 2019, the owner of the team I was working for uh, he he said that he would pay me a hundred thousand dollars per loss. Why wouldn't you put that in there?
3: We could agree that Brian Flores is a very strong-minded yeah. guy.
0: Yeah, right. Very much so. To a to a detriment. You think.
3: don't think that if he were if he if he knew he was going to face the NFL and the big stage in front of everybody and it was going to be the biggest story in the world, you he wouldn't have his p's and q's ready to go if he if, if he came to the NFL thinking that this was a joke. Mm-hmm. Number one, his argument wouldn't be as strong; like he wouldn't have as strong as a foundation, and he would like he's he's doing this very serious. He's very passionate about this.
0: I I here's here's what I think happened. They wanted to provide a little extra oomph to the lawsuit, okay? And so you put that in there. It's got us talking about it here in South Florida. the The main idea is the the unfair diversity hiring practices in the NFL, but you add on to it so that it grabs more attention, grabs more eyeballs. Oh, yeah, by the way, the owner, joking or not, said he'd pay me $100,000 like $1 per today, like, like I'm just saying. I, don't, I like don't think that's you. conspiracy theory. I think that I, that is the way in which you do gain more attention to It's to, to be thrown like out that. there,
5: but I have somebody on hold who works for ESPN, big-time insider, and I think we need to listen to what they have to say. Okay. Talk to us, Dino. Man, listen here. I normally don't listen to your show because your show is terrible,
7: Ken. (laughs) But I was listening, and I said, man, let me chime in real fast. First off, he said that he was offered the money. Now, whether he was able to execute it and get the whole staff behind him, that wasn't what he was claiming that he did it. He said he was offered the money, and that was his claim. Secondly, I already put my application in for the NFL (laughs) to see if I could be a head coach. Now, if they don't hire me, then I'm sure that he's got a real – uh,
0: case because they didn't hire me neither. So that's all I had to say for you, dumb Ken. All right, well, thank you. I like Dean, the angry sports talk radio caller. Very nice. Dean. And, Dean, are you going to jump on the class action lawsuit with Brian Flores now that you haven't been hired? Yeah, now that I haven't been
7: hired, I'm jumping in on the class action lawsuit because they don't hire black people. They didn't hire me. I put in my application. <laughs> they didn't hire me. You can check my Google records. I looked up how to get hired in the NFL, and, you, yeah, they didn't hire me. All I'm saying is just listen to Josh Gordon, the home team. We're going to be on from 4 to 6 today, and then you're going to hear more nonsense from me.
0: <laughs> Dino, appreciate it. Dean Thomas, Josh on the home team. Again, 4 o'clock today. Uh, Dean, severely underqualified to become an NFL head coach. Uh, how would you best <laughs> describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? I think it's headache-inducing because he goes for it, I support him from that standpoint, but every time he slips up, it's a national scandal. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? Jeanette says uh, two F words mm, failure. 888 760 3776. 888 760 3776 and uh, you can tweet at us at klv1063 ken levick presented by the fau MBA sport management program fau.edu slash mba sport there's nothing to fix here this is the real deal you get the MBA in sport management at florida atlantic you are on to the sports industry. Big, good things. There is uh, no in between here. They're always going forward, and they always do it the right way. Unlike Stephen Ross, who is just tripping over his own two feet almost at all times. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon, the man in charge. Yeah he absolutely has everything on lock. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. Sign up for summer semester classes, fall semester classes. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. Internationally renowned for the right reasons. The FAU MBA sport management program. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter at KLV1063. Jeanette Javier Wednesday. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106
1: you are listening to Ken Lavicka live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken
0: Lavicka. All right, Jeanette, let's just go through pros and cons real quick before we get to uh, more calls. And Pat Lawler, our sports agent, sports law insider from Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Uh, the the pros of Stephen Ross's ownership and the cons of Stephen Ross's ownership. Okay, pros. Uh, the uh, Hard Rock Stadium, with a lot of his own money, is gorgeous. It's a palace. That remodel is one of the best stadium remodels I've ever seen. It's now uh, a 1A Super Bowl venue, national championship college football venue, international soccer venue. He's invested so much in to South Florida. As an entertainment hub. That in and of itself, that's important not just to the Dolphins, but to the entire region. That's definitely a pro, correct? Yes. Okay. Also a pro. He is an owner that is hands-on, but not like Jerry Jones hands-on, who is making player acquisitions and is 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 doing weekly radio shows and injecting his opinion and creating controversy and drama. He's a hands-on owner in the, the fact that He is up to date with what's going on on a day-to-day basis, and he cares, and he's competitive. So much so that maybe he toes the line of what's appropriate and not appropriate. But you know what? I'm all for that because I want an owner who actually cares and doesn't treat his team as simply a possession to have. Is that enough of a pro? It's good. Okay. I also think that he is the owner that was most vocal when it came to talking about uh, some of the uh the the racial issues in this country especially the ones that gripped us last summer two summers ago he was the most vocal the most willing to put himself out there he was the biggest asset to the black nfl players stone would you argue that that is a good pro for steven ross no doubt about it okay of course that's where it ends though yeah 3 But but again, that makes him him different than many other owners, which I appreciate. Putting his own money into a stadium, standing up for his black players more often than not, and uh, someone that legitimately cares about whether or not his team's going to win. Good. All good. And make him different than a lot of owners, okay? Three pros. Then there's the cons. Those are big pros, but here's the cons. The lack of playoff appearances... The team that can't get over the hump consistently finishes 500. The hire of Joe Philbin. Bully Gate, and how the organization handled that with Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin. Adam Gase, that entire situation was bad. Brian Flores bringing in a guy who, yes, he's a good coach, Belichick disciple, but he had bad taste in assistants. Coach Snorting, going through assistants on a year-to-year basis. Uh, No strengths really on the offensive side of the ball No, no, absolutely Uh, Hiring people that maybe Just cannot get the job done In high front office positions His entire tenure As the owner of the Dolphins Those things add up And when things go bad with the Dolphins When they go wrong with the Dolphins They go really wrong to the point where it's a national scandal And then of course how he handled Tony Sperano, Jim Harbaugh And that entire mess Very early on in his tenure so that's why for me, when I describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership, I think it's headache inducing because he cares and he wants to win, but the execution is horrific. I mean, it's a nightmare. That's what makes it headache inducing. And Jeanette, you were pretty to the point in your assessment of, of Stephen Ross's Dolphins owner.
3: I am looking at, the, I wrote down your pros and cons here. Uh-huh. You have three pros, yep. eight cons. <laughs> That you just listed off from the top of your head.
0: I do like that. Jeanette, Jeanette was pretty cut and dry. Uh, F-word failure. That is. Uh, <laughs> that, that's that's how you describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We will get to Pat Lawler in just a second, but I do want to bring in Leo in Riviera Beach. What's up, Leo?
8: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just, I my my word or words to describe it is a sideshow. Um, just as a huge Dolphins fan, I didn't like personally when Steven Ross, um, started trying to become more of a sideshow than a football team. So I'll explain. So in 2010 or whatever, he made club live at yeah. the stadium.
2: Yeah.
8: He, he brought in all the owners. I'm not saying it's wrong to have diversity in ownership. That is great to have diversity and ownership, but when it's like Gloria, Stefan, Mark Anthony, it, yeah. just, it just felt too, like, pandering to the Miami culture. And I felt like it was a sideshow. It's like, are you a football team? Would the Steelers ever have a club in their stadium? I don't think so. Uh, clubs would don't the Patriots exist in Pittsburgh. ever have, really, like, a club in their stadium? I don't think so. The Cowboys would, yeah. but they're the sideshow. Yeah. So, I just feel like the, the Dolphins, one thing after another with Steven Ross, it wasn't, it wasn't really, like, genuine because if you, if you, to talk about his upgrade to the stadium, all those, uh, I looked it up and all the money that he spent on the stadium upgrades were actually, is actually fully tax deductible. So he saved money. He didn't, he didn't have to spend any of that money because it was fully tax deductible and he got tax credits for, so it didn't really, it wasn't really like a, a good move by him, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the upgrades were great.
0: Well, I appreciate awesome. the fact I that i
8: I love the new stadium.
0: Yeah, but yeah. And, 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 it, and, it's... and Leo, I appreciate the call. I want to get to Pat here in a second. I, I don't care how much he got subsidized for that. I, again, he's a he's a business genius, and he knows how to make money, even when he's spending money, so I'm fine with that. He He has made the experience better for everybody in South Florida. Okay, I think we can agree on that.
3: Yes, and I'm also fine with bringing something like live to the Hard Rock Stadium. I can't
0: tell you how many in my time covering the Dolphins – how many girls in white dresses and stilettos walked out of that thing in the third quarter at like three in the afternoon with a puke on the bottom of their dresses? Hello. On that note, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Let's bring in Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. He's our sports agent and sports law insider. Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Pat spent a long time as an NFL agent. Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, just a couple of his clients, and he joins us here on Ken Live. Alive. Uh, all right, so, so, so Pat, I want to... Straight up, and I know you're a South Florida guy. You like the Dolphins an awful lot. Let's just start with this before we dive into the Brian Flores lawsuit, because I really need you to flex your law muscle here. But how would you best describe the Dolphins' ownership of Stephen Ross?
4: Uh, how would I describe it? I wouldn't call it a failure. But I think he's always tried to get a winner. I would call it, for lack of a really harsh word, clumsy.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> a great in all, word to all the
4: s. Yeah. Yeah, clumsy and everything they've done uh, in terms of, uh, and that that's the same thing for a lot of teams. Out, let's let's be real. Uh, NFL is a difficult place to win. Uh, the only ones winning, and the owners are billionaires, and it, that's the way it is. I mean, look at the potential sale of the Broncos. But I would say clumsy, and it's it. This is this is what's happened in this lawsuit. Is not clumsy. It's gotten to be dangerous, to be honest.
0: All right, so let's let's dive into this. Why don't we start because we've been talking more about the. offer per loss in 2019 before we get into the accidental Belichick text and the Giants and the Broncos and this entire thing when it comes to diversity hiring. The significance of the accusation that Stephen Ross uh, may have offered $100,000 per loss to Brian Flores in 2019 in a lawsuit that's class action and focuses on diversity hires, where does this fit in and how much weight do you think it has in the lawsuit?
4: Well, class action, I won't get into the ease of class action, but I think it's a situation which talks about the uh, areas of what a owner or teams will do to get a higher draft pick and ask a, a high-end executive, IA coach, to do. Uh, I think that's going to be his big, biggest downfall. I mean, they're talking about potentially you know, some type of tampering with Brady, but I think asking your coach to take losses and paying them for it it could potentially be his downfall among other things uh in uh, the lawsuit in general i think it's just another bad move that's brought up by ross to uh try and manipulate flores and other people in the organization
0: um you have spent a lot of time around front offices and dealt with a lot of front offices in your time as an nfl agent do you think it's unheard of for an owner to offer incentive to a head coach to lose and get a better draft position
4: um out in the open, no. I think it, it, it depends. I think it also depends on who potentially the first, first pick will be yeah. down low there in terms of we all know that they may hit or miss. Some are de- definitely exact hits. But it, I'm sure there's certain ways they could do it, but, of course, uh, anything. You pay them incentives to win, um, incentives to lose, I'm somebody that hates losing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I could ever do that because I have to live in my conscience of losing a case. It's almost being like a Judas and a traitor to the organization. And when it comes from the guy who owns a team, how disrespectful it is to everybody working their ass off yeah. From the person parking cars to the person throwing the football.
0: There's only been one small statement from the Dolphins, and uh, they say, and it was one sentence in that statement, we didn't do anything that harmed the integrity of the game. I, I personally mm. don't think there's a paper trail. And I think Brian Flores is going to have a very hard time proving this. If there's somehow something that was written up or something caught on tape or something that proves that that offer was made, whether it's in jest or not, could it endanger the ownership of Stephen Ross, potentially?
4: It could, definitely. I mean, there's multiple things there that, uh, to get to the big picture, Ken, I mean, everybody here is talking about this, the big picture what's going on in our country right now. and I'm not going off the, the edge here, but the fact is that you look at everything going on in terms of affirmative action, WOKE. Supreme Court nomination. Now, this lawsuit, uh, everything dealing with the stuff with Kenny Stills, with Ross mm-hmm. hosting a party for Trump. And then, you know, remember Brian Flores is the one because he also still bitched about uh, Jay Z music. Yeah. Flores played Jay Z music during the practice. Right. and Three days later, Stills was gone. Right, right. I mean, so people forgot about that, that he stuck up for his owner. And what's going on is this, this lawsuit, if you read it and know the attorneys involved, is going to be a huge. Huge thorn in in Ross's side, particularly Ross and the NFL. So like I don't st- see him getting through it. I don't see him getting through it. To be so, honest.
0: you think this could lead to the demise of Stephen Ross's Dolphins owner?
4: I do. Yes. Pat Lawler. Where would you have? Where would you have a, a a a coach, a head coach of an NFL team, go off the edge like this? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. He is That's giving up. You, Ka- 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 Kaepernick did what he did because. He wanted to, uh, you know, draw attention to, um, you know, black lives, and but but uh, you messed with the wrong Brooklyn guy. I'm telling you, yeah, these, this guy is—he's willing to give up his career in the NFL to bring this out.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The fact that a still a guy who's a top coaching candidate has filed this lawsuit with very serious accusations, there is some, there is some weight that, that, that should be attached to that. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. They have your back in any personal injury matter, including slip and fall, automobile accident, boating accident, motorcycle accident. Wanttolawyerup.com, free consultation. Wanttolawyerup.com, decades of trial experience. That's Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. All right, let's dig in here on the Giants specifically, because... because... Because this is where the cringy, I mean, I can't even imagine the Bill Belichick text exchange with Brian Flores where uh, Brian Flores uh, was on the wrong end of a mistaken entry in the contact list of Bill Belichick's phone or Bill Belichick got bad information and thought he was congratulating Flores and then misread the information that was delivered to him. Either way, it's cringy, it's heartbreaking, it makes you feel bad for Brian Flores. If the Giants had already made the decision on Day and three days later, as Brian Flores is accusing, they still had the interview lined up for him, what does this mean for the Giants, and why, uh, it seemed like they had already interviewed minority candidates, why would the Giants go ahead with this interview? What what happened here?
4: Um, I think uh, Bill Belichick uh, summed it up in the first line of lawsuit. Sorry, Dash, I effed this up. That should be the Giants thing. Uh, that you know, they did. Uh, it's two things on the Giants. One, um, their argument was still 11th hour and they hadn't made the decision. Uh, that'll come up in this lawsuit. They're going to get all the documentation. I believe there will be documentation through the personnel executives at the, at the Giants that they already made a decision on Dable. Um, the, the saving grace graces say, yeah, well, Dable's our guy, but let's at least give the time to mm-hmm. Flores. I doubt there's going to be something like that there. I mean, Belichick thing kind of. This is like sending your text to the wrong
0: uh, ex girlfriend, yep. you know. Yeah, for the <laughs> side piece. Yeah, exactly. I get oh my god! It's like <laughs> it does. So the Giants, how significant of trouble do you think they could get in here? Do you think there's ultimately going to be enough there? Even with the documentation that you mentioned, couldn't the Giants? You're right. Just say, hey, we were really confident about Dable, but we wanted to give Brian Flores the opportunity to get in here and talk to us.
4: I think they're going to use that. Everybody, I think we're all going to know that it's, it's a joke and it's not true. But I think they'll get off because of that. But it also depends on what's out there, and it's disappointing because obviously the mayor and the Rooney family are very tight. And I didn't realize so I read the lawsuit. There's never been a, a minority head coach of the Giants oh, yeah, in their entire yeah.
0: history. No, nope, none, none. But yeah. Very,
4: very, very. Yes. Yeah, and they've had yeah. three
0: coaches since 2016. So man, they're choosing them extremely well. That uh, that 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 tact that they're using is really working exceptionally. Um, now for the. Broncos. So Brian Flores says in 2019 he went out to Colorado. They met at a resort, uh, and uh, the uh, John Elway showed up an hour late with the executive vice president of football operations and they were disheveled and appeared as if they had been drinking heavily the night before now the broncos have put out a statement and said no we had five executives there it started on time we have the documentation now what the broncos don't say in that is that john elway was i mean they don't mention him as one of the five executives who were actually there as the meeting was starting so it's a little bit of they said they said with this uh brian flores called it a sham interview does this have legs from a legal perspective
4: I don't think it has legs from a legal perspective. I think it has legs for the the attitude towards these teams in, in, in following the Rooney rule. Okay. I think it has legs to show that some of these people are put into positions, uh, you know, have their mind made up and just go through the motions and in interviewing people. I had the opportunity with Patrick Peterson to sit down with John Elway and their uh, the GM and, and Fox when he was a coach of the Broncos here in Boca for Patrick Peterson. Um you know, At that time, I found them to be very professional. But hey, the fact is, is does, does it surprise me that people come hungover to meetings? No. <laughs> Will it be a legal uh, uh, issue for the team? I don't think so. I, I think it makes them look really bad. What I'm interested, Ken, to look out with is how many other potential coaches at all position, uh-huh. OCDC head coach, went through the same thing, and who's going to come out and back up Flores?
0: And Flores' lawyers today said there are going to be coaches they're going to jump on eventually. And Hugh Jackson, a representative of his, was tweeting today that uh, he, he was offered money or benefit, as were members of the Browns front office, to, to back-to-back years have bad records, including the 0-16 season. So, yeah, it, it, there's going to need to be more legs involved in this. But ultimately, just your gut feel. As a lawyer, as someone who's looked at this lawsuit, whether it be Ross and the Dolphins or the Broncos and Giants or the NFL, which one's going to pay the most penance when it comes to this lawsuit, if any?
4: Uh, Steven Ross. I think he has some serious issues going on between the potential payments, between the tampering, uh, just the way it went down. And I also heard that he wanted to fire... Uh, Greer, but didn't want to fire two uh, black uh, executives at the same time, whether that's true. These are very aggressive lawyers. Let me get it straight. This is a very intense lawsuit, uh, and it's hitting on an issue that couldn't be hotter uh, than anything we've seen in years. And if these guys take this to the limit uh, and not just looking for financial compensation, but looking to bring out the facts and change the culture, that will happen. If they don't, it'll be uh, business as usual.
0: So uh, this is going to be fascinating, and we'll talk again on Friday, Pat, and I, I wonder if we're going to have anything that is is um, that, that that is more clear. Now, these lawyers, they they represented the victims of Harvey Weinstein, at least a couple of them, right?
4: Yeah, they had Harvey Weinstein. They had uh, multiple employment issues. you got a combination of a trial lawyer and also an employment lawyer. Got it. And uh, they're filing in the, the Southern District of New York is the place to file these types of actions uh that's where they get jurisdiction up there that's where all hell breaks loose in lawsuits you see anything that comes out of significance in this country uh they come out of the southern district of new york federal court and and you're going to see it happen in this case
0: real quick let me just tap into your sports agent uh portion of your brain for a second brian flores has he torpedoed his coaching career or do you still think that saints texans they could still hire him is there some benefit to Brian Flores getting out in front of this on national television today and doing what he's doing?
4: Yes, you always want to be in front of it and lay your foundation. I didn't see his interview. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to say a team's going to hire him at this time. Um, I think down the road there may be some changes. Uh, He may look to a college situation. Um, But I think right now he's just too hot of an issue with this lawsuit. And I think there's probably something he agreed to with his lawyers that he wouldn't take the coaching job at this time hmm. so he could have at least a year, to, a year to pursue this case aggressively.
0: Pat, awesome stuff. Really appreciate it. We'll do this again on Friday, uh, but uh, really, really, really good work and you cleared up some stuff for my dopey brain, so thank you.
4: Ken, I like when the angry uh, angry uh, sports guy calls you. Keep it
0: going. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it, it'll be Dean's bit now. He's the angry sports talk radio caller, uh, and half the time he won't know what he's talking about, which is perfect. So, Pat, thank you so hey, much, tell, brother.
4: So, the Bo- Dean, the Boca Jets in the American Youth Football are looking for a coach. Be glad <laughs> to hire
0: oh, oh, man, that's a great call, actually. Dean Thomas, head football coach. Uh, he would definitely take bribes <laughs> to lose at the youth level. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Pat, thank you, man. All right.
4: Thanks, guys. Be good. Thanks.
0: Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Stephen Ross. Pat thinks Stephen Ross is the one who has the most to lose out of all of this. Jeanette, let me read you a, a tweet here, and I just want you to I want to get a feel for how you feel about this. Mark Sheffield tweets, Stephen Ross lives in the gray area, always pushing boundaries, whether in real estate or football. I believe he said what Brian Flores says he said about $100,000, but the way he said it is key. My wife can attest that things I say in jest can be taken the wrong way, but where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I honestly think, this is me, but this is also a me who has spent the better part of his professional life defending Stephen Ross. I think Stephen Ross was joking about the $100,000. Even more so when uh, Brian Flores says he told me to take a vacation or take a flight. Here's, here's how I think it went down. Here's how I think it went down. Hey, Brian. Hey, 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 we want to get the number one pick. Come on, man. Take a flight. Take a vacation. I'll offer you $100,000 to 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 lose these games coming up. Come on. like That's how I think it came off. Not as smarmy as the way I put it out there, but that's how I think it came off. But do you agree with where the smoke, there's fire, even if it was said in jest, like there's a little bit of seriousness in it?
3: Yes. It's, I think it was a so say serious It's move. out of
0: line to even joke about as an NFL owner.
3: Yes, especially in the position that the Dolphins were. That it could have been taken serious. Yeah. Especially yeah. with a guy like Brian Flores, who's very competitive naturally, who comes from the Patriots organization. Everything's competitive when it comes to him.
0: How would you best describe Steven Ross's Dolphins ownership? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. That's how you get a hold of the show. It's a Jeanette Javier Wednesday. She's Jeanette. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
1: You are listening to Ken Lavicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavicka. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program.
0: Visit fau.edu slash mbasport. Uh, Jeanette, how do you feel about this is the name for the scandal, getting away from gate a little bit, uh, Flo Gazi. Great. Yeah, he has a good ring to it, right? It rolls off the tongue, Flo Gazi.
3: It actually does. It yeah. sounds like a rap song,
0: too. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking to Flo Ghazi here on Ken Levick Alive. Jeanette Javier in, in her normal Wednesday spot. Stone Banowitz Friday Night Lights. Uh, let me tell you real quick about the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Baseball is in the air. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully soon it's going to be like fully in the air. Spring training back in West Palm Beach. Ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Come see the Nationals and the Astros as they prepare for the 2021 season. Uh, 2022 season. 2022 and return back to the top of the baseball standings a ton of big matchups including the yankees the red sox the world series champion braves they'll be in a rematch world series rematch with the astros single game tickets on sale now starting at only 15 dollars. discounts for military and seniors visit ballparkpalmbeaches.com or call 561 500 hits to get your tickets today spring training baseball live at ballpark of the palm beaches all right Uh, so last night uh, Howard Bryant, the outstanding journalist, Arc Media, tweeted the following, Stephen Ross allegedly paying his coach to lose games at a time the NFL and pro sports are going all in on gambling shows just how easy, uh, easily the integrity of the sport is compromised. I t- uh, tweeted in response to that, I don't see the correlation between the two, because Stephen Ross, in a season where the Dolphins were underdogs in almost every single game, uh, I believe the only game that they were a favorite was against the Bengals, Stephen Ross would have been allegedly uh, offering up $100,000 for losses where most of the money is already going to be going towards Dolphins' losses in that spot. And it's it, not like it changes the, the trajectory, if anything. He wasn't spending money to make money. He wasn't betting against them. He was offering incentive for his coach. To lose the games. But that's a nifty little point, but I think it's still the principle. Uh so so but but speaking to that, I got a lot of pushback on that. Stone pushback on that as well. And so did Josh Cohen. And you hear him every day, four o'clock here on ESPN 1063, Josh Cohen the home team. Uh Josh, I know that it, for me it's such a simpleton take, and you you're so much more like I look to you as an authority when it comes to, to gambling and lines and all of that. What am I what am I missing here? Why is it so significant when the team that was already going to lose every single game uh, when it comes to gambling? gambling in the nfl and these relationships they're building
7: so first off this is my first appearance ever i believe on ken levick alive and so that's kind of exciting for me (laughs) and i'm also i'm i'm proud of you because we would joke on the home team about you already had the name of the show picked out and i'm like i can't wait to go on ken levick and here it's actually here it it is it has come come to fruition full circle young people that are skipping school right now driving around (laughs) smoking cigarettes (laughs) and drinking soda pop listen (laughs) dreams come true Oh, <laughs> Soda pop, so pop. So pop. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know if you'd say I'm the expert on gambling I'd say I could be the expert on losing At gambling <laughs> But you tweeted honest question How wide is the gap between tanking And fixing games yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a great question it, It's a conversation that I think we can quantify I replied to you In the text and I tweeted back to you And said I can help you with this Not trying your hardest to win is tanking, Mm -hmm. and it's not criminal. Intentionally trying your hardest to not win is fixing, and a felonious grounds for a lifetime ban. Mm -hmm. So to stick to this tweet, what I'm trying to say is, if you're not trying your absolute hardest, that's not a deliberate attempt to affect the outcome. But when you are trying your hardest to make certain that you don't win, what you are doing is trying your hardest to lose. And then that becomes fixing. We're talking about the integrity of the game and compromising thereof. So here's where it becomes kind of rough. Your Chicago White Sox, Black Sox scandal Mm -hmm. 100 and what was it, 104 years ago was based on them intentionally trying to lose. You can't do that, legally you can't do that, as well as beyond your league rules and regulation. So if Stephen Ross were telling his employee, I want you to lose these games, and incentivizing him to do such, he is corroborating with a conspiracy Hmm. to fix games. And I don't care if you're a member of organized crime that's trying to pay a player, or you own the team. If you're deliberately attempting to affect the outcome, what you're guaranteeing is such to lose the game so you have i know you said the point spread but remember there's also the money line sure. so in football lots of folks bet football teams to win the game not necessarily on the point spread
2: Got it. maybe they yeah.
7: parlay a bunch of favorites on the money line
2: yes yeah.
7: if Stephen ross were telling an employee or when you incentivize them what you're basically saying is it's in your best interest if you do this mm-hmm. that if a prosecutor wanted to could be grounds for Stephen Ross to be brought to trial for actually fixing of those games. So then it's literally a grounds of NFL potential life. If there's concrete evidence, if there is digital proof that Stephen Ross told Brian Flores um, lose these games, lose them on purpose, and if somebody wanted to, they could make a big deal out of this. Then Ross goes to trial or has charges brought. He'd be forced to sell the team and he'd be banned from the
0: nfl you know as you go through that i do understand too how the nfl would get really squeamish about that now that they've gone into business with caesars and they have gambling or about to have gambling in stadiums and uh now they're in vegas they have a team in vegas how one owner doing that and all of a sudden a lot of people would get really uncomfortable at this new world the nfl has started to live in A lot
7: of people would be really, really uncomfortable because the NFL relies upon the idea that the integrity of the game is intact. Remember earlier this season when a referee stuck his hip out and intentionally bumped a player and then threw the flag. Yeah, and we thought, boy, that is—you know—you're lucky that's not a game-altering situation because, like you said, the NFL has sports book partners, casino partners, and then sports apps partners. Mm -hmm. Gambling is now legal. They're taking money. They're business partners. So then you can open the conversation. Well, hold on a second. How do we know that so and so at DraftKings didn't know this, didn't want this, and therefore they're taking advantage of it. You remember a few years ago when it was still Daily Fantasy Ken and there was a huge controversy because there were employees at DraftKings that had access to the data. Not what was going to happen in the game. No one knows that. But who nobody was playing. So then they were playing the players that nobody was, because if by chance they did have a good game, well, those were the guys that were going to win. They had access to that information. When you are the NFL, and the integrity of the game is everything, and you have an owner who's telling his team, lose on purpose, not, I don't mind if you lose, but lose on purpose, now you've got real problems, not just with your corporate partners, the sports books, the casinos, and the public, Mm -hmm. but the league itself. You're getting into criminal areas of
0: fixing games that makes sense that makes sense and and one instance of that especially when an owner is involved in it uh that definitely permeates the the rest of the league and the relationships oh, I, I appreciate it jc and by the way i don't know if you heard uh dean moonlighted for the first time as an angry sports talk caller in the uh, the first hour of the show uh and, and so he needs you need to give him something to do because he's got way too yeah. much time on his hands
7: instead of calling your show, he should be calling his therapist because that dude needs a lot of help. <laughs>
0: he absolutely does, and maybe he can apply more attention uh, to actually doing the show he's on every day than calling my show as an angry sports talk radio caller. I, I think he'd be
7: more useful on our show today if he went in the hall on his phone and then posted <laughs> an angry caller, in that spot. <laughs> uh,
0: JC, appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you at 4, okay? i appreciate you josh cohen and the home team four o'clock every day right here on espn 1063 uh Jeanette, i want to uh, uh what what is the the biggest example of you sending the wrong person a text message
3: i've the a
0: mistaken a mistaken text message intended for one person and going to another person where it caused major drama
3: the you up text to the wrong person? Yeah, yeah,
0: you, yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Has that happened? Please tell me that's happened. Yes, ah, uh, uh, that's
3: the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, do
0: tell. There was, so, so, so you sent a you up text. Yes, uh, essentially. Hey, hey, you, uh. What are you up to? What are you up to? At right. At three
3: o'clock in the morning. Uh uh-huh, right, right. And we all know on what that a means. Saturday yeah,
0: night. Yeah, you all, we all know what that <laughs> means. There's a little alcohol in the system and, you know, it's it, we got, gotta find an outlet, right. Um, what, <laughs> uh, what what, what, what did you, who, you're not not naming names, but but who was it intended for, and then the person who was sent to what was the reaction, and who what was the relationship to you?
3: Um, it was it was two guys on the roster.
0: Two guys on the roster. Two okay, guys on the roster. Your, your your depth chart, like two, three, one, two. What it are was talking?
3: like one and four. Oh, so one there and was, four. So there was like a there was a difference between the there By was the a sizable way, difference between the one I was trying to text.
0: I've been the four on a lot of people's depth charts. And that's a sucky place to be. It's a sucky place to be because you know you're the fourth on the depth when chart. When did you learn that you were the fourth? Yeah, how do you find out? How do you find because out? Because the frequency of being put into the game, <laughs> okay. you just know. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> you know based on the frequency of uh, when, you're, oh. when you're put Dude, into the game. I was definitely deep on the bench. You're like,
5: damn, I'm, I'm once a month. i got to be like the four seed. The, 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 the That's sixth
3: seed at that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was down lower than four then. Uh, but but so what did so were you intending for the number one on yes. the depth chart? Okay, but you sent it to the number four. Yes, so how did because this number out?
3: four was and it was one of those things where the first text message it was they were stacked on top of each other in the thread.
0: Got it. A common mistake, understandable.
3: So the. Number four texted me to make sure I was having a great night, and number one never never texted me. Four much was trying at all. to get the
0: coach's attention. Yeah, four exactly. wanted to see some action. He wanted to play yeah, yeah, in the
3: game. He wanted to play in the I'm game. I'm healthy again. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know why he has that voice, but uh, so four four <laughs> wanted to get on the field. Gotcha, gotcha.
3: Four wanted to get in the field, but I was still stuck on number one. Okay. and that's that's kind of how the game goes. You go through one, two, yeah, three, sure, four. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's uh, sports. Draft picks. So, <laughs> number 1, I wanted to text him and then number 4, actually being the nice guy that he was, I texted him
0: accidentally. That's the thing. The number 4 is number 4 because they're like pathetic. So, here's They a- treat you good and that's why you've pushed them as a woman down to number 4. So,
3: my mistake is that I don't save a guy's number until like things are actually pretty serious. Mm-hmm. So, I thought I texted number 1 but I double checked like the the texting thread and I was like, oh no, I texted number four and of course number four was super excited.
0: Oh, I'm sure because he's been in right he, over He's been in his, his jumpsuit <laughs> for the last month and a half and all of a sudden he's getting the call
5: He immediately hopped right in the yeah, shower Yeah, absolutely. He's,
0: like, he's on his next 10day contract. So I hit him with the oh no, sorry, I'm just gonna head home. Oh, so you couldn't even give any? Like he he's at least on your depth chart. So you couldn't even give him any love in that in that spot. You couldn't get him any action in that spot.
3: Because I also had options one, two, and three. Oh,
0: man, that's cruel. That is cruel. So you got number four. It's like sending him to the scorer's table. You're up twenty five. You send him to the scores table, and then they cut the lead to like fifteen, and you need to send him back to the bench. You couldn't even get in the game. Exactly. Man, that sucks. It's happened
3: more than once. Uh, Because I don't save their their number.
0: That sucks, man. I feel bad for number four. Number four. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Number four, you need to demand a trade. (laughs) All right, so that brings me, though, to Bill Belichick and his text to Brian Flores, which is in this lawsuit, where Brian Flores found out three days before he was supposed to interview with the Giants that Brian Dayball actually already had the job. Now, when I read this, I had a visceral reaction to it. It is so awkward. Have you read this, Jeanette? Did you read it? No. Okay. We're going to play act a little bit here. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to. Right. We'll go from the top.
5: I can be Flores if you want to be Bill Belichick.
0: Okay. Okay. That's fine. Actually, you be Bill Belichick and okay. I'll be Brian. Flores. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Cool. Here we go from the start. And action. Sounds like you've landed. Congrats. Did you hear something I didn't hear? Giants. I interview on Thursday, but I think I have a shot at it.
5: Got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York Giants that you're their guy. Hope it works out for you if you want it to.
0: That's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, Coach. Thank you. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure.
5: Then I wait about 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes. And hit you with, sorry, I F'd this up. I double-checked and I misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. Signature BB. Thanks, Bill.
0: And scene. That's how it went down. My mouth just dropped. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was actually a really good, Stone. Um, so how like that's Pitt's stomach. It is. Like. Because to me, your situation of you screwing over the number four guy on your depth chart, like uh, because you were intending to hit up the number one guy in your depth chart. That pales in comparison to To this. Yeah, that's, oh boy, like that's bad. I, I literally got a pit in my stomach and I'm not involved in any of this. I couldn't even read it a second time for like an hour. Imagine how awkward that had to feel if you're a normal human being. If I sent someone a text saying, Hey, congrats on the job at ESPN West Palm. It's going to be great to have you. I heard you're going to be the new host. And then a half hour later, I text back, oh, I misread the text. Sorry. I mean, I would feel miserable. I would lose sleep over that. You can't fix that. You basically ruin not only someone's day, but probably their week, maybe even their month. Or in this case, their life. (laughs) <laughs> their career, potentially their <laughs> career, their life. It could. It, I mean, in this spot, it triggered a lawsuit against the entire damn NFL. Probably yes. a whole movement. Think about that. Yeah, he started a, potentially a whole movement off of that. I, I, I mean, I would have lost sleep. I wouldn't have. I, I would have had to call my parents. I like, guess what I just did. Like any sort of solace. Like I think I just killed this person's soul. But I wonder what Bill Belichick did after he sent that. Well, see, that, that's interesting
5: because I think my stomach pitted when he signed off and put at the end of the last message, BB. Like, like your grandparents yeah. text you, like, yeah. they'll send a text to like, Mimi. Like, he signed off BB like he knew, uh-oh, oh, here, we, like it's about to go down, like, see ya, Brian, on the other side.
0: But it sounds like he owned it, too.
5: Yeah, he had to.
0: He had to own it. It, it also sounds he he's it. like he's an old man because he put his signature on a text. How old do you have to be to put a signature or your initials on a text? Like, that's old man behavior. That's
3: 50-plus yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're 55 or over, right. You're, you're probably close to Social Security if not there, if you're, mm-hmm. you're initially in a text message. But also, Bill Belichick is not normal. Do you think he just, like, moved on after that? He's like, oh, well, that sucks, and then just <laughs> went and made dinner. Do you think he lost sleep over it? Do you think he had normal human reactions or emotions to it? What did Bill Belichick do after he realized that he ruined Brian Dable's entire year?
3: I think after that last text message, especially owning up to it, so it seems, putting his initials there, he recognized that this is going to create a situation. No really? Doubt. You really think? Yes. yes. I he mean, that's,
0: that would be incredible foresight. There's no way he could have known, like, oh, well, the Giants just screwed up the Rooney rule. Really? You're giving him a, way too much credit, I think. I, I don't it's know. It's also
3: Bill Belichick. Bill, if there's one guy who understands that NFL rules, and I think it would be Bill Belichick who would recognize he just... Kind of,
0: uh, I agree.
3: <laughs> outed a huge rule in the NFL, man.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. You're bringing it to a new level where Bill Belichick knew that things were messed up and he wanted to put his signature on it. So Brian Flores had ammo to to show people that he got wronged in the Giants' coaching not search. Ammo, more like respect. Like, I
3: think that's what else are you? But gonna I'm not do following. I'm not spot.
0: following it, respect like towards what. Like, what's he trying to by signing BB? How is that showing Brian Brian Flores like, hey, I I got your back, bro. He
3: owned up to it, as most people do when they send the wrong text message. They kind of freak out and they're like, "Oh no, I'm just going to ignore it."
0: Except for you. Except for
3: me. Mm. I said most people sometimes.
0: You said, "Oh, I'm going to go home. I'm sleepy." Yeah. Lame.
3: I lied. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I know. But Bill Belichick, a man of high reputation of respect, I think that he recognized what he did. He outed a huge rule and he kind of owned up to it and he put his name behind it. Hmm. Now I, I get what you're saying stone. That's tough. There's a level of respected integrity. I think right. Bill Belichick right. had with his text messages.
0: Another thing with that too, is that I don't think Brian, because initially everyone's like, Oh, Bill Belichick thought he was texting Brian Dable and he was actually texting Brian Flores." No, no, no. If you listen, if you look closely at the wording here um, and he, 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 texts sorry i bleeped this up i double checked and i misread the text i think they're naming dable i'm sorry about that so he did intend to text brian flores because the initial contact he got he read it and i'm assuming it was a text he believed they were talking about brian flores wow first wow you're the
5: first wow you're the first person ben boland
0: boston globe formerly palm beach post i saw him tweet about this so Bill Belichick misread the text. So he knew he was texting Brian Flores. He thought that he had read Brian Flores was getting the job. And then when he read the tweet, are you sure you're talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable, he went back to who had communicated with him, saw that text and realized they were talking about Brian Dable. You're so right. So it wasn't him texting the wrong person. And this is where Bill Belichick, and I hate to admit it, is a bigger person than I am. Because as soon as I got the text... Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. I would have gone full ghost mode as soon as as soon as I mentioned, as soon as I noticed that I screwed up, I would have been like, oh dots, dots, dots," and not even responded back. Like, "Oops, well, looks like that relationship's over."
5: Just the KL. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, I would have waited. No, no. What I would have done is I wouldn't have said anything. Let all of it like like it completely blow over. And then a year later, I'd text him like, "Happy birthday." Like that—that's what I would do, and hope that he just forgot about uh, oh, all the nonsense so... from the year before. That's yeah, no, so that's, that's me. total number
5: that's... four in the lineup behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Terrible. That is
0: number four behavior. You're right. That's how you end up number four on the depth chart. <laughs> if you have a weird skin condition, if you're an annoying talker, or you do things like that. You're
3: at six, seven, eight. You're below. You're, b- <laughs> you're <laughs> I'm on you're the practice squad. 10, okay. Yeah, I'm on the <laughs>
0: practice squad. I'm making the uh, league minimum <laughs> in that spot. Uh, man, but that's so. Like, imagine that. Normal human would lose sleep over doing something like that. I'm not saying it's Bill Belichick's fault. But think about it. This is a guy that is on top of everything. Every rule. He's a step ahead of everybody. And he has created one of the biggest controversies we've seen in the NFL because he couldn't read a text correctly.
5: Think or about label it. his contacts correctly, I guess. But he didn't No, but he, 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 wanted he, wanted
0: knew, he knew. I think he knew it was Brian Flores. I think he knew it was Brian Flores. Now, you know... In my phone, I rarely just save anybody's number, but this is more because I'm lazy. I don't save them as their names. And what I do is I just, I either A, memorize their area code. Or if they're like a five, six, one, this area, I just memorize the final four numbers of their number. That's and that's thought. how. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Cause I'm lazy. I'm lazy and it's easier. That you life. also
3: have a great memory because after a while, yeah. like this system is not working. I have to change everything.
0: <laughs> or what I'll do, I'll search, I'll go to the search option in my text messages and I'll remember the last conversation I have with them on my phone and I'd, I'll search a word out of that and it'll bring me to the, I respect <laughs> that. To the number.
3: What? <laughs> And then you have to go back and read the thread <laughs> yeah. every time well, just uh, to make sure.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: So this the sending uh, of the wrong text messages has to happen to you uh, all the no, time. No, it doesn't
0: happen all the time because this is a foolproof <laughs> way to operate in my life.
5: It's
3: foolproof in your life.
0: <laughs> Here's a question that I have that
5: I need both of <laughs> you guys to answer. Uh-huh. Like and it's been brought up and it's not like new or anything, but for the way Bill Belichick talks in interviews, what about these um, these like question marks and exclamation marks and these (laughs) dashes. Like it just doesn't sound a lot
0: like him. That's a great point. So on, uh, he goes, sounds like you've landed. Congrats. Double exclamation mark. Like your aunt, is texting you. Uh, and then he, he texts, the Giants? Question mark, explanation point, question mark, explanation point, question mark, explanation point. Again, Bill Belichick texts like your aunt.
3: He sounds excited and hyped for his friends, for yeah. his buddy. Which That's what it sounds like. Which he
0: never has, ever. No, for ever. It's, it's, he goes from press conference of, well, I feel like we'll talking. Ex- and, execute, and we, you know, <laughs> this when I'm playing, on to Jacksonville. He goes from that to Giants, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Talking to the media,
3: I would assume in his position, is different from talking from friend to friend. You don't talk to different
0: groups of people differently?
5: I can. I hope I it just works out, out for you if people. you want it to.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hope it works out for you if you want it to. Like All of a sudden, he's like, Brian Flores was texting with Willie Taggart. Like that's but, crazy. I Have a great day it. if you want to.
3: I get it because there's some people that I speak to, not not here or with y'all, in a very professional, ma'am, sir way. And yeah. then there's other people when I'm talking with my friends, my girls, that I'm very free and yeah, I sure. don't care, sure. And I feel like that's the way Bill Belichick would discuss in this in these text messages.
0: I suppose, but it, it was it, that's a great observation. It is like the upset of the century. That 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 Bill Belichick has texts. a personality. Yeah, like, te- but 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 it shows up more in text than it does in person. That's the thing. The way you communicate with people in your professional life, like that's largely happening over the phone or happening in text. Uh, and with your girls it's happening in text like I, I I know you're not using peach emojis with your employer but you're probably using them uh, or some sort of emoji or exclamation point, uh with your girls Bill Belichick when he's talking face to face with people it's <laughs> but when he's texting all of a sudden out comes the exclamation point and Flores and he, tries to keep it professional as well yeah, by
5: calling him coach yeah like you can tell like he's always called him coach like thanks coach I'll let you know coach. but
0: again Bill Belichick check texting like your aunt that you see like three times a year is another story is a stunning outcome from all of this (laughs) stunning i love it i mean stone that is so right on that is really really well said ken LaVega live here on espn 1063 with Jeanette javier it's a wednesday uh we are going to talk with mike tannenbaum i think it's an appropriate guest brought to you by hss considering he worked for Steven Ross. So we'll talk with Mike Tannenbaum. We're going to be joined uh, by him every single Wednesday here on Ken live Alive. Let me tell you real quick about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach is where I got my Kia K5 GT. It is lovely. It is blue. It is dependable. It is sparkly. It has room for my kids so I can drop them off at school. They keep all of their toys and their backpacks in there but you know what it's good because the Kia K5 GT has the room to handle all of that it's a smooth ride and it was a smooth 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 acquisition at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach because it wasn't it, like you get at a regular car dealership you walk in and all of a sudden all of the employees are on you like hey what do you want what do you want what do you want what, you, what, you, what you, uh, 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 and it's just get me out of here this is too stressful it was Ken what are you looking for Something for the family, but I want something fun, fuel efficient. Ah, we know just the vehicle. Test drive, figure out financing, boom, done deal. It is so stress free. That's what you're going to experience at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. I think I'm like a lot of you. I don't like haggling. I don't like numbers. I don't like feeling pressured. And that is why I ride with Greenway Kia at West Palm Beach, figuratively and literally. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Check out the selection online. Greenway Kia West Palm That's Greenway Kia West Palm Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT. You'll enjoy your car buying experience at Greenway Kia. West Palm Beach we will return. Mike Tannenbaum will join us to discuss Flo Gazi and the Super Bowl matchup on the way and Jeanette's sports movie spectacular. And Bing today, bong. it's the blind side. She's Jeanette Javier. It's a Wednesday. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN
1: 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavicka live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavicka.
0: Presented by
1: the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Jets, the Dolphins, and now ESPN, Palm Beach County's own Mike Tannenbaum shares his football expertise every week on ESPN 106.3. Brought to you by HSS, U.S. number one in orthopedics according to U.S. News and World Report, and now in Florida, accepting virtual and in-person appointments in West Palm Beach and Wellington.
0: Mike Tannenbaum here with us on Ken Live, Alive, and uh, certainly plenty to get here with, uh, with Mike, and Mike is in Mobile at, uh, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, before we really dig in here to Brian Flores and the Dolphins and the lawsuit and the Super Bowl, what, uh, what is Mike Tannenbaum looking for? What, what are you doing out in Mobile for the Senior Bowl?
9: Yeah, Ken, covering it for ESPN and uh, looking forward, it's a meaningful part of the draft process and should be a great week and uh, we we go on air uh, noon eastern time on espn U, and i believe it's two
0: o'clock on espn two. Uh, this part of the gm job when you were in charge with the jets and the dolphins how much did you enjoy it
9: loved it loved being out here Get to see the players um up close you get to see one-on-ones and uh should be a great week of practice should be very competitive
0: all right, Mike. So uh, Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit, uh, and uh, we know the particulars now. He is—he's basically alleging that there are diversity problems in the league, uh, talking specifically about the Dolphins with Stephen Ross and potential incentives to lose games. First things first, I just want you to go through, when you were hiring a coach, and let's just focus in on, say, Rex Ryan with the Jets, what was that process like? What steps did you take to ensure that everything was kosher?
9: Yeah, the process was really the same for hiring head coaches, GMs, um, whatever role I played. Uh, You want to be thorough. You want to talk to their former teams. Um, You want to get as much information as possible. I believe who you are in life, Ken, is how you treat people that can't help you. Mm-hmm. So you want to spend a lot of time with their support system.
0: Uh, and uh, so so with with this, specifically with the Giants, Brian Flores got the text from Bill Belichick that it was obviously mistaken. He thought he was texting Brian Dayball. This was three days before Brian Flores is supposed to actually interview with the Giants. Uh, do you do you believe the Giants would have interviewed Brian Flores three days after they already gave Brian Dable the job or made the decision that was the guy?
9: I can only talk about my experiences, Ken. Um, that's not something we would do. You know, you try to be honorable and respectful in the process. Um, and you try to give everybody the same fair opportunity. Obviously, you're gonna know some people better than others. Um, so I could just speak to you know my experiences.
0: With, with with the hiring process in the NFL, do you believe that there is a, a Rooney Rule issue, or it needs to be refined? What are your thoughts on on making sure that all those boxes are checked? As is a term that's used in that lawsuit when it comes to to how this operates in the NFL.
9: So, um, I'm very privileged, Ken, to be part of the faculty at Columbia University, and we spent a lot of time looking at the Rooney Rule. Mm-hmm than largely how ineffective it's been. And I think if more time and effort was put on the hiring of entry-level people, where it's more diverse from a Mm -hmm. gender and race standpoint, Mm -hmm. that over time those people will work their way up the ranks, and hopefully over time we wouldn't even need the Rooney Rule because those people are ascending through the ranks.
0: You know what? That is uh, one that's fascinating, too. I think that that's right on, and that echoes exactly what Evan Cohen has been saying today here on ESPN 106.3 as well. That is good stuff. Mike Tannenbaum with us here, former Jets Dolphins, uh, and he joins us every single Wednesday here now on it, Ken LeVick Alive. Then there's the part of it with Stephen Ross, and I understand this is someone that you have a relationship with and you have worked for. Uh, do, do you believe that Stephen Ross would incentivize losses for draft positions? just based on your interactions with him and working under him
9: yeah um, my experience with with Steve was he was competitive got, uh, owner gave us all the resources to be successful and my experiences were him uh, you know that that never happened
0: do you do you think, that it, it, it's unprecedented. Do you think that something in the NFL would happen where an owner would incentivize a, a coach to to lose for draft position? Because Hugh Jackson is saying something similar with what happened to him with the Haslam's in uh, in Cleveland. Do you do you think it would be unprecedented that that would have ever happened in the NFL?
9: You know, you can never say never, Ken. I can just tell you that I, I've worked for four different teams over 20 years, and you, know, you get into this business because... You love football. You love to compete. And, um, you know, uh, that's why I got into it. And um, it's it's the greatest platform in the world to try to compete against the the world's best. So, again, I can't speak for every situation. I could talk to you about mine. And, you know, my situations were always ones where, you know, we were going to, you know, I think Rex Ryan probably put it the best, which was, hey, let's win or die trying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Tannenbaum with us here on ESPN Uh, 106.3. And so let's talk about the Super Bowl. And I was actually thinking about you Sunday as these games played out because Cincinnati, the way they built that team was by being bad. And then they've really hit on the draft, they've brought in players that are all familiar with one another from college. They really had a massive offseason, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and here they are after an upset of Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Then there's the Rams, who have literally mortgaged their future. They don't have a first-round pick in the next two drafts, yet they're playing for a championship, and all is well because short-term, that plan has worked. To Mike Tannenbaum's front office sensibilities, which one is a more stable approach to building a winner? Yeah, I'm more of the
9: conservative, traditional approach, but let's give the Rams credit. It's working, Ken, and uh, I was a naysayer, I was a doubter, but let's give them a ton of credit.
0: Uh, the, the, your Jets teams were so fascinating because there were so many personalities. Some were abrasive, uh, some were kind of cool, some were, wow, I, that guy's kind of crazy. And they all came together, and you got to back-to-back AFC title games. Odell Beckham is one of the most divisive players in the sport because he speaks his mind. He's unconventional. The way he left Cleveland was, was, by conservative standards, pretty unsavory. But he's been a massive addition to that Rams locker room. Uh, when it comes to hiring a coach, how much do you take stock in how to manage personalities in a locker room like Sean McVay's been able to do?
9: Oh, yeah, it's you. I mean, you got to be, you know, you're like the chief problem solver uh, in terms of you're going to have personalities of all different shapes and sizes. So <clears throat> that's a big part of the job. And, you know, the fact that they can get meaningful contributions from somebody like Odell Beckham just make them that much more dangerous and I give Sean McVeigh credit. You know, they created the right environment, the right culture and uh, it's working.
0: Uh, I I do want to ask you again about Brian Flores and and Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on Ken Levick Alive. Catch him all over ESPN from the Senior Bowl. We are into draft coverage now, and it's going to be all over ESPN, as is Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, Do you think, because yesterday I keep seeing, oh, well, uh, Brian Flores is torpedoing any shot at coaching again in the NFL. Uh, This lawsuit is going to end that opportunity. Do you believe that Brian Flores is going to be toxic after this, or do you think he's still hireable?
9: I certainly hope he's hireable. I mean, he did a good job. led Miami back-to-back winning seasons. And, uh, you know, he obviously took a tremendous risk and made a big statement here. But um, I certainly hope he gets a chance to coach again.
0: Uh, Mike, I want to ask you what, are you, what are you looking for here uh, over the next couple of days in Mobile at the Senior Bowl? So there anyone in, in particular you have an eye on, or teams in particular you have an eye on going out there with the coverage?
2: Yeah,
9: I, the quarterbacks to me are so interesting. Um, Sam Howell's down here, Desmond Ritter. Malik Willis um, should be a really uh, competitive week of practice if these quarterbacks really have a chance to separate themselves.
0: Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, I I see some of the early scouting reports on Kenny Pickett, who I like a lot from Pitt, but there's the small hands. The small hands. When it comes to uh, uh, evaluating a quarterback and you see something like that, does that raise a red flag, or are you looking for a little bit more before you start making a judgment on hand size? Yeah, I I want to...
9: uh, yeah, I want to see a lot more information, you know, uh, besides hands uh, on you know, ball security, you know, things like that. So, um, that's a small part of the uh, equation.
0: Mike, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, okay? Okay, thanks so much, Ken. That's Mike Tannenbaum here with us on Ken Lavica live on ESPN 1063. Mike Tannenbaum brought to you by HSS. Uh, it, that was a pretty pretty uh, emphatic, no, I don't believe that Stephen Ross would have offered $100,000 uh, to incentivize losses back in 2019. nineteen. That is, uh, That was a staunch response from Mike Tannenbaum. The Jets, the Dolphins,
1: and now ESPN, Palm Beach County's own Mike
0: Tannenbaum. So Mike Tannenbaum uh, here on ESPN 106.3, uh, and we'll have him every single Wednesday, but Mike Tannenbaum... Uh, it's awkward Jeanette because he worked for Stephen Ross Mm -hmm. and I'm sure he never had Stephen Ross approach him hey uh, you know we got a a tank during the course of a season but man it's so awkward for everybody involved down with the Dolphins organization too hey uh, your owner allegedly uh, offered the coach $100,000 to lose a couple of years ago your thoughts on that how do you even how do you weather this if you're the Dolphins
3: he answered it, if you're the Dolphins? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah,
0: I have no idea. Was a, no, that never happened. Yeah, well... What else uh, are you going to say? I, I just... I'm curious what the type of... I'm I, I'm just curious what kind of evidence Flores has. Because on CNN, his lawyers said, we have proof. We have the proof that the $100,000 per loss, uh, the, 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 the request was made. But then... I didn't hear it on CBS. I didn't hear it in the ESPN interview on Get Up. If I were if I were Brian Flores' lawyers, and Pat Waller told us that these lawyers are the real deal, that mm-hmm. like these are heavyweights, uh, if I was the lawyers, I'd be volunteering the fact that I have this evidence about uh, Stephen Ross saying he'd pay $100,000 per loss. I'd be volunteering that, making sure it's in every interview, and it hasn't been. So I don't know what to make of that.
3: Maybe they're looking for more evidence. Maybe they're looking to see, back to your point, if it is a joke. If it's not, there's a lot of conspiracy theories, as I have found out, speaking to both you and Stone regarding the text messages or just the $100,000 bet in general.
0: I I just think maybe they're dipping their toe in the water. But Stone, wouldn't you, you, if you were one of the lawyers and you had evidence that that Stephen Ross... Offer Brian Flores $100,000 to lose per game. Wouldn't one of the first things you said you, you you said when you jumped on uh, on TV would be, "Oh, by the way, we have all this in writing," or "Oh, by the way, we have a, a recorded conversation," or "By the way, we have a text message," and that has not happened no you're absolutely right I, is it just too big of a bombshell like is it too big no, i don't think they fully have the evidence
3: i th- that's what i think too there's i think they're trying to get everything in yeah. line before they can just drop everything and then say oh you want you want to see how he well he listen
5: fed? up because here's what it was yeah
3: boom and, and it just gonna files <laughs> on files on files
5: boom. just mike greenberg just like dropping yeah, the news just, on everybody <laughs> <like>. <laughs>
3: Yes. Exactly, I think that's what's going to go on. World
0: star, yeah. So like, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't think they necessarily actually have concrete evidence yet, because Brian Flores, all he said was, said, he said, he said, he said. That's not going to do a damn thing with the lawsuit, and that sure is not going to do anything to Stephen Ross's standing as the owner of the Dolphins. Which
5: is what exactly what Pat Lawler said. He said that Stephen Ross is going to stand behind. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, he said that, but I always say that, what, or that's how if, we always talk.
0: If there's something concrete. Then Stephen Ross, his ownerships going to be in trouble, like Pat Lawler suspects. But if not, not going anywhere. All the owners are going to get behind him. He's not. He's he he is not going anywhere, and he's not going to face any sort of significant repercussions unless they can have any sort of proof that he told Brian Flores seriously, "Hey, I'll pay a hundred thousand dollars." It was stupid a joke about it, right? I think we can we can yes an owner. That's stupid to joke
3: especially about, especially to the type of person that Brian, that Flores, Brian Flores is.
0: Yeah, read the room, yes. read the personality. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a great point. It's dumb to joke about, and then it's even dumber to joke about it to a guy like Brian Flores for sure.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. so to that point, it being Brian Flores. You think he wants to do all this without evidence? He's smarter than that. I mean, you don't do all this unless there's concrete evidence. That's
3: what I'm saying. He's just waiting. But he's just racking them in right now. Wait for the comp. Just racking all the details, all the evidence, and you wait. There, I feel like we just hit the surface.
5: All right. he, he's pioneering this whole movement. I think he's got ammo on ammo on ammo, and he's just ready to unload the it.
3: Files are
0: gonna drop. Just boom, as I said earlier. <laughs> Flo Gazi. It'll never end. <laughs> Let's get to Jeanette's sports movie spectacular. Every week, Jeanette, who really hasn't seen any sports movie, she watches a new sports movie, and she reviews it. She has a rating system because she's a proud Dominican using plantains. One being a bad movie. Five plantains being a good movie. By the way, uh, plantains, do you do you like them just in their... their...
3: All plantains! Plantains are beautiful, okay? <laughs> no, but, but you and can't they're eat them raw. For-
0: you can't eat them raw. No,
3: no. And that is, I'm going to make this very clear. White that people,
0: is, they're not bananas. No,
3: they are not. You do not peel and eat a plantain. <laughs> and that is the biggest <laughs> argument. What do you, what you, do, you do with them? You,
0: you fry them, they're tostones. Yes. And then uh, what? Sweet plantains are yeah, maduros. sweet plantains. Maduros. Correct.
3: Or the, you can smash them and then you can fry them and that's uh,
0: mofongo. Or oh, you yeah, can yeah, just yeah. bake them yeah, and sure. then smash them and that's mango. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, yep, yep. That nailed it. Good, I'm glad we specified that. All right, so you watched The Blind Side this yes. week, starring Sandra Bullock. Yes. The story of Michael Orr. Uh,
3: 2009 came out in 2009. Oscar nominated twice. The Queen Sandra Bullock won for Best Performance. Yeah. And uh, it lost for Best Motion Picture of the Year.
0: Mm. What won that year, by the way? Do we know? Stone, could you look that up? Negative. Be useful, please. Friday Night Lights. Look up, 2009 you said, right? Yes. Okay.
3: First thing I noticed...
0: Academy Awards, the Academy Awards, Stone. Have you ever watched the Oscars, Billy Crystal, the glam and the glitz of Hollywood? Good God. Are
3: you just not listening to me no. right now? The
0: Academy Awards. All <laughs> right, keep going, Jeanette.
3: Uh, one thing, it was really hard to recognize that it was Tim McGraw in the movie. Typically, I've only seen him with a hat on mm-hmm. and I just That's kind sort of, of in thing. the public eye. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of did a double take Was with that,
0: that a thumbs up or thumbs down that Tim McGraw was uh, in the movie? Meh. Okay. Okay. That's how
3: I felt about it. Really no opinion. I was just wondering where his hat was. No, I got it. Because he it. barely wore a hat. <laughs> I
0: just wondered where his hat was. Yes, that is a concern.
3: So the biggest thing about this movie was that I cried. I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. And I cried about everything.
0: <laughs> uh, did you take notes of what made you cry? Yes, Okay. definitely. All right.
3: First, it was sad. I cried when we got deeper into Michael's story. The breaking mm-hmm. point was when they told him about the dad. Oh, uh, yes. And he didn't react. Yep. And then he got on the bus. Yep. Um, and then his White Walls poem was he's going to a private uh, Christian yeah, yeah. school very and describing sad. it. Everything was about that. Yeah. And then uh, when the first time that he saw his brother after a year was with that fancy restaurant that the family took him to. Mm. That, was, that was all very sad. Tear jerker. Yes. Um, I have it down here. Sandra Bullock again looks fantastic. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
3: the, one of the biggest things that I was kind of shocked about Michael or his story. Impressive. Um, was... How many actual college football coaches came up and showed up in the movie? Mm-hmm. We talk about Nick Saban, Fulmer, and Ed Orgeron. And one of the most shocking things was this quote here said by Sandra Bullock.
0: This is Nick Saban in uh, in their home visiting Michael Orr. Yes. Yeah. Nick Saban, Sandra Bullock, silver screen gold. Is it coming up? Done. Okay. Do we have the Academy Award winner? Okay, well, let's get to that. Nick
3: Saban. Nice to
0: meet you. Nice to meet you. And you must
9: be SJ. It's
3: me. Michael, why don't you and Nick go into the living room and talk?
9: Absolutely. We'll recruit the both of you.
0: Uh huh. Hi. Was it for it? I found him extremely handsome. Yeah, I'm right here to really? Good comedy. Really? Good comedy. I find him extremely handsome.
3: Is Nick Saban extremely handsome?
0: Do you think Nick Saban's extremely handsome? No. Can we have Jeanette's music again, please? I like her movie music. Okay. So he's not he's fine.
3: Is he extremely handsome? You we tell me? Th- I don't know. I don't think so, but do you find him an extremely handsome man? I, I like do. his
0: power. I'm you like do? I'm that guy. Handsome. I find the perfect word for Yeah, him. he is he is kind of debonair to an extent. Like a southern debonair. Like mm. a football debonair. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that was it. Uh, also- I mean,
0: not like a, hey, uh, come over, you're the top of my depth chart, sort of handsome, but
5: like the-
3: No, 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 no. And we
5: were talking about 2009, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Slumdog Millionaire. Does
0: that sound right, Jeanette?
3: Yeah, that does sound about right. Okay, Yes, cool. yes, yes. Great. Um Yeah, I remember that movie swept all the Academy Awards in 2009, sure probably did. with that. Anyways, so uh, another thing about these sports movies that I'm also learning was the different accents and the
0: cultures- the South.
3: Yes. In Tennessee, apparently they call a bathroom a powder room. I didn't know that. That was something I absolutely re- recognized. Sandra Bullock, the queen that she is, looking stunning for the fifth time I've said that, mm-hmm. she was like, why don't you go to the powder room? And I was like, what is the powder room?
0: And then you found out. It's a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've
3: never heard of a bathroom being referenced as a powder room before. I thought that was incredibly, like,
0: wow, I learned something new. Good. Good.
3: Um, and that's pretty much my take. I would, I, cr- oh, and then I cried of how happy I was.
0: You cried at how happy you were so at that, the end when yes. he gets recruited.
3: Yes. When he gets recruited and then he goes to the NFL and they actually showed him uh, being drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Oh my gosh. And the biggest thing, I can't believe I, uh, the, what they opened with the Joe Theismann injury. Mm-hmm. I have never seen the oh, film yeah, the of leg. the Joe Theismann yeah. injury. Yeah, the
0: broken leg, snap leg, famous.
3: I, I have never, ever seen it because they go about some diatribe oh, yeah. about Lawrence Taylor oh, and yeah. the how open up. Lawrence Taylor broke his leg. I have never seen the Joe Theismann injury, yeah. and that was horrifying.
0: Uh, by the way, Cyrus Wittig, our teammate here at ESPN six three, it was not, it was not, uh, what, did, what did Stone say? Slumdog Millionaire? Dog no, 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 no. The actual, it was the 2010 Academy Awards, and it was the Hurt Locker that won Best Picture. Beating out the blind side, Avatar, District 9, in education, whatever that is, in glorious bastards, uh, precious, serious man, up and up in the air. Speaking of crying up, oh boy, beginning of that movie. Mm, just tears. It's tears. just sadness of uh, that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so, no change. No, so sad.
3: The blind side was sadness. Uh, uh, like 10 minutes of I get to collect my emotions yeah. together. I get to laugh a little bit. Yeah. Look at all these beautiful college coaches, apparently, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're handsome and attractive. Yeah. And then just crying of happiness, and that so, Michael found his place.
0: So, you gave um, you gave the, the first movie you reviewed, which was Hoosiers, Hoosiers, three plantains. Yes. You gave Raging Bull two plantains. No, I gave him one. I gave Raging one. Bull yeah, one. That's I never in,
3: want to see it again.
0: And JMP, like, stroked out um, after hearing that. What do you, one through five plantains? What do you give? Uh, Drum roll. you please. give the blind side? I give it a 3.5. 3.5. 3.5 plantains. plantains. 3.5 plantains for the blind side. Next week, what are we watching here on uh, Jeanette's. Sports movie spectacular.
3: I was actually wondering what I should. I was going to ask you guys what sport movie I should watch next. Uh, I was thinking Bull Durham. I don't even know what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, Bull, Bull Everybody, that's good. yeah, let's do. Everybody Bull Durham. keeps talking
0: about it. Kevin Costner. Let's do Bull Durham. Dances with like like Wolves, guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, that's the Kevin Costner movie that comes to mind. Dances with Wolves is where you go. Yes. Not Bull Durham or no. not. Uh, uh, really? Yes. Not uh, Field of Dreams. Not Tin oh, Cup.
3: Oh, that's right. He was in Field of Dreams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never heard of Tin Cup.
0: All right. We we're gonna We should just do <laughs> Kevin Costner movies for the next yeah, I like, that. like month, month and a half. All right. Bold Durham, Susan Sarandon, Kevin Costner. That's next week. Uh with Jeanette Javier Sports Movie Spectacular. Uh wanna tell you real quickly about Brightline. Brightline is is amazing. I I mentioned earlier that I've got to go down to South Beach, got to go down to the Miami Beach Convention Center Friday to get my bib for the Miami Marathon, which is Sunday. And I'm taking Brightline because there is not a chance in hell that I am making that trip on a Friday evening and back to get that bib. Okay? So Brightline is the way to go. Brightline Plus exceptional new way to get from point a to point b car free carefree and seamlessly here's what i'm going to do i'm going to go to the west palm station i'm going to get on the train. i'm going to get a premium seat okay i'm going to have a drink or two because hey the work week is over. Or three I, or four. I, or three or four. It doesn't matter. I'm not driving, so I'm all good. And I'm going to take the, the the Brightline all the way down to my the uh, Miami station, okay? And because I'm getting Brightline plus service, I am going to get a ride from the station to the Miami Beach Convention Center that includes Teslas, e-shuttles, even shared bikes. I'm probably not going to do the bike. And then I'm going to get my BIM. I'm going to go back to the Miami station. I'm going to get back on the train. I'm going to come back to West Palm, and then, boom. Done. Done. All because of Brightline. All in a speedy fashion, without any sort of traffic jam, because Brightline rules. Brightline, by the way, has officially broken ground on their new station in Boca Raton, and they're on track to complete construction by fall of this year. So you know what that means. During football and basketball season, I'm the voice of FAU. I'm going to get on the train in West Palm, go to Boca, call the game, go back, boom. Day is done. The only way to get to a heat game is through Brightline. The Miami station is just a block and a half away from FTX Arena. Use the buzzer beater train. He can stay until the buzzer, easily get on the train, and head back home. That's Brightline. Brightline GoBrightline.com or use the free Brightline app. That'll do it for us. We've got National Signing Day coming up. Brian Rowitz has you for the next couple of hours. Scheduled to appear, Miami Hurricanes head coach Mario Cristobal, Illinois head coach Brett Bielema, and some of the hottest prospects in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast making their college decisions. They join the show. Brian Rowitz has it for you starting in mere moments. For Jeanette Javier, who will join us again next Wednesday, and we'll talk more about her uh, her U-up depth chart. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, well done running things. And I'm Ken Levicka. Brian Rowitz on the way. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm in live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.